This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So um, this past week, I had a lot of events happen, not going to lie. It's been a pretty busy week for basketball. All-Star Weekend happened last weekend. Um, the old, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin scuffle happened. Uh, it's a great time on Trine's campus. Now we got MIAA tournament action going on. It's been really fun so far. But, um, yeah, I'm just going to do, like, a little overview of what's happened over the past week because, I mean, again, so much happened, and uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed with all this. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, so um, I'm going to get my thoughts on the um, scuffle first. Um, so, obviously, I think everyone has seen the video of it. Uh, go ahead and look it up. Look up Jawan Howard, Wisconsin, if you want to. Um, the whole situation is just ridiculous to me at this point. And it was ridiculous when I first saw it. So, the whole idea behind is that Juwan Howard was not happy with Greg Gard, the coach of Wisconsin, for calling a timeout to reset the 10-second count in the backcourt. And it was about, I don't know, what, a minute left in the game when I have maybe a minute 30 left in the game when the timeout was called. Michigan was already down by like 15 or something like that at that point. Um, they were pressing. And at that point in the game, I get the, like, you're supposed to, like, keep trying until the final buster and all. But, like, pressing down that much with that little time, I don't know why you do it at that point. Just send your guys back, probably foul them, see if you can get them to miss some free throws at that point. Yeah, so Jawan Howard just doesn't like the call. And then it, it just, nothing really happens. And then during the handshake line, um... Greg Gard walks up to Juwan Howard, gives him a tap on the shoulder, and he's like, hey, good game. And um, Juwan Howard thought that he was being attacked or something like that, or that he didn't like Greg Gard touching him like that. So then he started yelling at him, saying, hey, that was really that was really a BS timeout right there. That, that was not needed to be called. And, like, Greg Gard's very dismissive of everything, and, you know, he's being – I mean, he's being yelled at. You know, he's gonna—he's not just gonna take it. And then, as soon as like something calms down a little bit, there's a Wisconsin assistant that comes in, starts yelling at Juwan Howard, and then eventually Juwan Howard takes a swing. It, a lot of people call it a punch. It's—it's it's a slap. I mean, it—it's like it's a very hard slap, but it's a slap. Hand was open and everything. But, um, yeah, so, and after that, after he threw that, a couple of Michigan's players got a couple punches in. And so those are suspensions. Jawan Howard has been suspended five games. I'm not 100% sure if the players have been suspended yet. I, I would, I'm sure they are. I, it's probably five games for everyone. But everyone's talking about Jawan Howard getting the five games, right? And, um, question was posed to me how do I feel about the suspension 
And I hesitate on it. I'm almost, I'm kind of indifferent to it, but at the same time, I think more should have been done. Because I can't think the last time when coaches would fight like that and where, like, a swing was thrown like that. Like, they were swinging at each other, pretty much. And I just, and I was thinking, wow, this is going to kind of be, going to kind of be precedent-setting just because it's never really happened before, to my knowledge, or at least not in the past 10 years, something like that. And gets a five-game suspension in which, again, it's so it's precedent-setting. And I'm not saying coaches are going to go out and start swinging everyone that's only expecting five games. But coaches may be a little more aggressive with some things, like like yelling at other coaches and stuff like that, just because, you know, Jawan Howard got five games for pretty much doing a step below the worst you could do in that situation. Because, I mean, you're on the court. No one's going to get, like, seriously hurt. But, yeah, I'm just uh, – oh, and uh, Jawan Howard after the game, this is his explanation behind it. He said that um, I didn't like the timeout call, and uh, I'm from Southside Chicago is how we handle it, as if that's any excuse whatsoever for what just happened. And, you know, I almost wonder how many games do you think it would have been if he would have hit Greg Gard? Because he hit an assist. I'm not saying that, you know, the Big Ten or University of Michigan was saying, oh, it was only an assist or something like that. But you kind of have to think that, like, that might be what they did because if if it's a one leader hitting another leader like that, I mean, that's just – that's even in more headlines than what it was. But if it's an assistant, I wonder if they're like, okay, let's dial it back a game or so. I just, uh, I I just want to get my thoughts on that situation just because it just tarnishes the whole reputation, not only of the program for Michigan, but also the school in general. It's a very nice school to get into, um, one of the top schools in the nation. And it's just been the butt of every joke this week. And, like, I guarantee they'll be that way for a little bit. If a timeout gets called within the last two minutes of a game, like, in basketball at all, people are going to be like, oh, man, you got to watch out here. Be on the edge of your seat. I literally did that last night during a game. There was a timeout called with, like, a minute 30 left. And I was was like, oh, man, you got to watch out. So, yeah, it's going to be there. It's just going to be there forever. And um, and it's Juwan Howard who, man, he's a true Wolverine. I'll tell you that for sure. And I feel like Michigan took a step back because of that. Because, like, Juwan Howard has been all Michigan all the time. I mean, he's part of the Fab Five, the team that really brought the school into – true cultural relevance because like 
come on, that win over Seton Hall, Ramil Robinson, Glenn Rice and those guys, yeah, they were there for a little bit. But the Fab Five took over an entire generation of people and just let them, and they were gods for two to three years there. Then there's the whole situation with Chris Webber coming in and how he was receiving benefits from Ed Martin. So same with a lot of Michigan recruits. Chris Webber wasn't the only one, but he lied about it. So that ruined the reputation of it a little bit. I believe Chris Webber has like gone, been able to go back to the university because it was like there was a ban on him from like stepping on the grounds until like 2016 or something like that. And... That, that really put a big blotch on the program, but then that Fab Five documentary comes out and it just reminds everyone, man, these guys were good. And it's just, it really brought them back to relevance again. Now there's a whole new generation where you would hear whisperings of the Fab Five. Like with me personally, like you would be like, man, you would hear the Fab Five are great, but you never really knew why. And then you see that documentary comes out and very well done. And it brought a whole generation into it. And it it reminded the older generation, hey, I was actually right with them being this good. Yeah, but, and then Howard comes back to be head coach after John Beeline leaves. And no one was expecting much of them. I remember when they went to the battle for Atlantis. They weren't even ranked at that point. They had to go up against, like, Duke. Uh, I think Carolina was in there as well. And just a bunch of other blue bloods. And they handled their own. They either won or they made it to the finals of that battle for Atlantis. And they were just going from then on. Unfortunately, that was the year of COVID. And even last year, they make it to the Elite Eight lose to UCLA, and, yeah, everyone's saying, like, man, Jawan Howard is really good, and he's a really good coach. Glad we have him. And then you see him after uh, Michigan beats Ohio State in football. He's down there on the field with uh, Harbaugh congratulating him all that, and he's in the student section just storming the field of everyone. So he's definitely Michigan through and through, but when stuff like this happens – you don't really – you still want him to be Michigan through and through, but it's like, man, he's he's really a representative of the university, and it's tarnished at the moment. Now, will Michigan come back? Obviously. This, this whole thing's going to blow over as a whole here in a couple weeks, but in the basketball world, it's going to be there for a long time. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. But um, let's go ahead and talk about NBA All-Star. Uh, so to my dismay, the Celebrity All-Star game did happen. And surprise, surprise, I didn't know like half the people there. I knew Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Miles Garrett, Jack Harlow. I didn't watch it. I was doing a hockey game. Um, yeah, but those were like the main ones I really knew, knew. And then... Uh, the rookie sophomores rising stars happened and I, 
like the format. I I do. I kind of like the whole tournament aspect of it. Just something to add a little bit of extra into it. But man, those uh those games came right down to the wire, especially the final one. Jay Sean Tate was a beast for uh, Team Barry. And man, that was that, that he's something else, man. He's just stronger than everyone. He's older than everyone, so it makes sense. And then you had the whole um challenge points or whatever. No, I know that was for something else, but they had that um kind of that shooting competition I was talking about last week. But at the same time, not really, because they were worth points now instead. And then you had and then you had the whole uh, oh, who was it? It was Maxi. Maxi and um why can't I remember who that was? And I'm sorry, I just can't remember it. But they missed like every shot they took, and even right the one right at the rim. So, that, the whole experience for Friday, I like it. I do like the direction it's going in. Yeah, but uh, Halliburton and Desmond Bain won that whole shooting competition. Which hey, those are. Hal Burton, obviously, is on the Pacers now. He's my guy. Desmond Bain's from Indiana. He's my guy. So, got had to root for those guys. They're also on Team Isaiah. Well, unfortunately, couldn't win in the final game. Uh, Cade Cunningham won MVP for that, even though he airballed, like, two shots right down the stretch. But, you know, it's all right. That's okay, I guess, in those situations. I thought Jay Sean Tate would have won it just because he was so clutch throughout the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, what do I know? You got to give it to number one pick, I guess, for him to be happy maybe? I don't know. Is he happy in Detroit? I don't know. He probably is, but probably not as happy as Evan Mobley, who's on a winning team, and a team that had two all-stars. So, yeah, that's Friday. Uh, I'm going to skip Saturday for now because Saturday, good Lord. Um the All-Star Game, sun, Sunday. What a great event that was. Because overall, I know we talked about the new format and all that. I love the new format. Playing for money for charity is amazing. It gets way more competitive in the last two minutes of each quarter. But then you also just keep the score to make sure everything's going on. And um, Steph Curry went absolutely nuclear. Um just 16 threes. I mean, one of the more unbelievable performances I've ever seen. I know it's an all-star game, but they were, like, legit guarding him after he hit the first few in the second half. And that reaction of uh, Reggie Miller, Dwayne Wade, and Allen Iverson when they were interviewing Iverson <laughs> on the broadcast, they had the camera on them, and them just freaking out over Steph Curry, just going insane. And, I mean, obviously, he deserved MVP. I thought he was going to break the scoring record there for a second because he was two away from it. He had 50. The all-star record is 52, thanks to Anthony Davis. But then 
He had a couple shots. He wouldn't hit him. And then LeBron goes, nah, nah, nah. All right. This is my city, even though he was born in Akron. Well, he's from Akron, which is like Cleveland area. Cleveland says city. We'll let's just say that. But uh, Steph Curry was also born in Akron. So, I mean, both the Cleveland guys showed up, except for the guys who are on the Cleveland Cavaliers. They did all right. But, um, yeah, LeBron, that one-legged, just high-arcing shot, and you knew as soon as he shot it, it was going in because it's LeBron. That was insane. Just, um, even Embiid got in the mix there a little bit towards the end where you thought, man, he if Steph Curry didn't hit a million shots, he'd be winning MVP. He's just so unstoppable. Like, he had Jared Young, uh, Jared Allen on him. And he's, like, one of the best defensive centers in the league. And Embiid was still just bullying him down in the post. And based on this All-Star game, I know this is not what you're supposed to do at all, but um, Embiid has my vote for MVP so far. He's just that good. I mean, he's averaging the most in the league and way less games. He's just killing it overall. I think it's between him, Giannis, and Jokic, which, big surprise, Giannis and Jokic are in there, right? Because they've won the past two years. Like, are we over the whole uh, getting tired of voting for the same MVP, MVP fatigue? I'm just... I'm curious because Giannis won it two years in a row at that one point. And we knew at that point Jokic was going to win because, you know, voter fatigue has always been the same in basketball. I don't know if it's there in other sports, but it's definitely there in basketball. And how Giannis is in the running, I know we have to leave a list of who is actually the best players in the league. But I mean, LeBron is not in that list all the time. I know he's not having a good year this year. Well, he's doing, he's actually doing all right this year. It's just his team. That's not good this year. But like, seriously, if you're doing MVP, LeBron wins every year because he's the best player in the world. And that's being hotly contested every day now by everyone. But, um, at the moment, I think it's still LeBron. Giannis is there. He's he's almost there. It's just we do this all the time when players do so good in the playoffs. When LeBron isn't there, they're the new greatest player in the league in the world. Yeah, because they made it further. The one case where it's actually been like, okay, this is actual. This is a serious conversation. Is Kevin Durant. Just because when he was going up against LeBron and the Cavs, he was just unstoppable. And then, the next year, it's Kawhi Leonard. Why? Oh, Kawhi Leonard made it through the East pretty well and then beat the Warriors, who were broken at that point. And like, yeah, LeBron, not LeBron. Kawhi was good in those playoffs, but LeBron wasn't even in the playoffs that year to even, like, make an impact on anything. Then it's Giannis is like, Giannis wills his way to a championship. Is like LeBron again. I mean, he beat the team that beat LeBron in the first round. But when the Lakers are a seven seed and LeBron's been injured most of the year, along alongside Anthony Davis, he's still the best player. It's just everyone just 
when he's not in the playoffs, everyone's just magically better than LeBron. Anyway, so Embiid has my MVP vote at the moment, even though I don't get one. But in my heart, I know that he's my MVP. And the NBA 75 event was amazing, having all those legends there. Um, not all of them because some of them just couldn't make it. Also, some have passed away. Rest in peace to all of them. But having just all a majority of them in the same building, I mean, they did it in 96 for the 50th anniversary. And, man, that was, it was cool. And the one thing is that I know they're going to be posted eventually. They're probably already posted because the list has been out for months now. But I just need to see a highlight reel of each and every NBA 75 member. Just put them all in one reel. I don't care. Just go for it. Because that's going to be some sick highlights in there. And uh, let's go back to Saturday, okay? Um, All-Star Saturday night is so important to me. Because I talked about last week. It's just so entertaining for like all, it's for everyone. It's for kids, it's for adults, it's for basketball fans and just sports, sport in general, sport fans alike. And it's always great because some of the better moments of all-star history have came from Saturday night. Larry Bird walking off with the number one raise in the air as he's going to get a giant check and while he's still in his warm-ups. Vince Carter's 2000 dunk contest, electric. Levine and Gordon's dunk contest, unbelievable. Wilkins and Jordan dunk contest. Uh, Spud Webb winning a dunk contest. Just, All-Star Shining Night is so important because, and it can give a shining light to some of the players that aren't hot at the moment, you know? Like, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, they weren't, I mean, Levine's an all-star now, but no one expected them to be all-stars. They're like, man, these guys are freaky athletic, and they've got a lot of charisma. Put them in a dunk contest, see what happens. And then this Saturday happens. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest. I got a little bit bored at the skills challenge and I didn't really watch a three point contest, which I heard was fantastic. Like there was a lot of drama and how, I mean, there's drama every year, but it's always like dunk contest is always a one, but not this year. So the skills challenge, the team's thing seemed a little thrown together. Because, look, you couldn't get more simple than what it was before. You put, like, five NBA logos acting as cones up and down the court. You get them a net with a ball rack next to it so they can throw balls into the net for a pass. You do a chest pass, bounce pass, you shoot a free throw, get the ball, you run down, you hit a three, done. Simplest you could ever do with that. Other than literally, like, having them do no shooting, that's the simplest you can do. But when it comes to the teams, it's just 
So each person runs through the course. So now you're making it, what, there was nine contestants this year. There's usually, what, six or seven, maybe ten. So in a way, you're cutting down time, but it feels so much longer. It's like, oh, okay, so it's the same team going. Cool. Instead of saying, okay, Tony Parker got this much time. Now let's see what John Wall's going to do. Let's see what Dwayne Wade's going to do. Let's see what Derrick Rose is going to do. Rondo, Westbrook. That's the other thing in the skills challenge. They do get the stars in that. I mean, like, Tony Parker's, Tony Parker's a star. I mean, like, come on, man. He, like, he was on that Spurs team. He was a really good point guard. There's no other way to put it. He was just good, and the skills challenge was his. So anyway, comes down to the teams, and then they get these challenge points, and yet, which means they got 100 points every time they would win something. So I'm like, why not just total up their wins instead of just labeling everything as 100 points? Because it's not like second place got 50 or something like that. No, it's just whoever gets first gets 100 points. So why not just count wins? What is the deal with that? So we get to that. Um, who who even won? It came down to, oh, shooting at half court, wasn't it? I think it was Team Cavs won, which I think I was rooting for them because they had Darius Garland. But, um, yeah, that was a disappointment. And then, I pretty much didn't really I didn't really watch the three point contest. I like I was kind of going back and forth between tuning into that and I was uh I was also like trying to get some homework done because I was gonna have a busy week this week. So I was like I was listening to it but wasn't paying attention. And then the dunk contest comes and I'm like, all right, this is gonna be so exciting. Because it always is. It's the it's the it's last for a reason. Save the best for last. The dunk contest is last. So then we get Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano Anderson, Obi Top, and Jalen Green. All great dunkers, I will say. But in a contest format where there used to be a timer, and now they're going off of attempts is the way they track like when you're done or not. It took so long. Cole Anthony comes up, and he's going to dunk in Timberlands, and it takes him five minutes to go to just put the Timberlands on. And then he has to lace them up, and then he gets three attempts, in which an attempt means that you are moving downward with the ball. Like, your, your arm is in a downward motion with the ball in it. So you don't even... So it took him, what, like 10 minutes to do that dunk? Like, where he tried to get the ball from his dad and do, like, a little windmill off off the bounce, and you're like, and then he just, like, dunks it with Justin Timberlands. You're like, okay, that's so anticlimactic. And then, um, another one, I'm not going in order here, obviously. I'm just doing the ones I remember. And then Jalen Green comes out, and he has a, he, he has his friend put on a chain and the chain is just, it's a cell phone on the end of a chain with an NFT 
with like a top shot of Jalen Green dunking. And then he hands it off to Isaiah Thomas, and then he just does a regular dunk. And I think that still took like five minutes to do. I'm like, what are we doing? Juan Toscano Anderson, he had some really good dunks in there. And then, oh, I remember what Jalen Green tried. Maybe it was a different round. At one point, Jalen Green had his friend throwing the ball off the side of the backboard. He was just going to grab it, do like a little windmill, and put it in. Or like he was like trying to reverse hands, something like that. It took him, I swear, 15 minutes for his partner to even throw the ball off the backboard correctly. And all the judges, you got like Dominique, Dr. J, Isaiah Thomas, and all them. They're just like, they're about to fall asleep. And it's just, it sucked. There's no other way to put it. It just straight up sucked. And there were some good dunks in there, but but it's one of those things. We're so oversaturated. We see the highlights all the time to where that would have been cool in 1994, but now it's just like we're expecting Gordon Levine every year. It's not going to happen. And now Aaron Gordon said, I'm done with dunk contests. I'm not winning. And then Zach Levine, he just, he's in the three-point contest now. And then for Obi top in the win, first he just in the final round, I cannot even remember who it was. They didn't even finish. Like they used all their attempts on something stupid. Like they kept trying to do the same thing. And everyone knows after like your first one or two misses, you have to go to something else just because everyone knows what you're going to do. It's so boring now and it's not going to be worth the wait. You have to go to something else. He kept doing the same thing. Look, I can't jump for anything, but I know that if I miss a dunk a couple of times, I need to go to plan B. And I and it's like the final round, and you go, oh, man, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to win off this. You have to have a plan B. Because guess what? Obi Toppin, here's what he does for a final dunk. He takes the ball in his right hand, um, taps the ball on the glass, and then dunks it in. That's not even cool anymore. Like when Larry Nance did it in like, what was that, 2017 or something like that? That was really cool. But now it's like, oh, you just kind of throw it soft and just re-catch it. I mean, people throw lobs off the ground and catch them above the rim. That's way cooler. And that's how he wins, and it's just over. And you can tell by the crowd. The crowd was so out of it. Like, everyone was leaving when they were interviewing Obi Toppin after a dunk contest. And it's just... I don't understand why. And I I know Reggie Miller, and he's saying that three-point contest should always be last. He's a great, He's one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. He's a little biased towards it. But I agree with him now. Oh, my God, the dunk contest is so bad. And it's just, God, it's just, here's what the NBA needs to do. Is this extreme? Yes. But the way that I saw everyone on Twitter talking about the dunk contest for the next couple days after, something extreme needs to happen. So in 1996, right, the dunk contest was so bad. It was like Kobe won 
but and he was going up against like Isaiah Ryder doing a cartwheel, but not really doing a cartwheel and all that, and just not that many great dunkers. Kobe wins it and all that. They get rid of the dunk contest. So okay, this is awful. I'm not, or maybe it was 97. It's like, this sucks. I'm not doing, like, David Stern straight up says, we're not having a dunk contest anymore. And then, you gotta wait, you gotta wait a little bit. Vince Carter was in the shadows, just lurking at that point. He was drafted, what, 95? Maybe, no, 98, wasn't he? Hang on. Let me do a quick check. Yeah, he was drafted in 98. Sorry, I don't know why I thought 95. That would make him older than Kobe. Which, maybe he still is older than Kobe. But, I mean, in terms of years in the NBA. So, he's drafted 98, but but the lockout happens right after that. And they he doesn't make his debut until February 5th of 99. And everyone's like, oh, man, this guy can dunk. Let's, we, we got to get this started up again. So, guess what? That's exactly what they do. And he just kills it. It's the greatest dunk contest we've ever seen before. Levine and Gordon. And then, like, it's literally the best we've ever seen because here's the, yeah, 97 Kobe wins, and it's done. They're done with it after that. Then it, then it comes back in 2000, Vince Carter wins it. And no one remembers everyone else in a Vince Carter contest. I mean, what, it was T-Mac for, like, the first round, then he got bounced, and he just helped Vince with his thing because they're cousins. Steve Francis in that? No one even knows. All everyone cares about is just, oh yeah, the Vince Carter, it's over. Just, I don't know. If it, if I'm the NBA, if I'm Adam Silver, I am nixing the dunk contest right now because it's so bad, dude. And last year, I thought last year's was bad. And you can go back through the archives and listen to that episode. Just all NBA All-Star reactions, I think is what I called it. Anthony Simons with his, he said he was going to kiss the rim, and, and then everyone's like, wait, what? And then he just, he just blows a kiss at it. Because <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, why would you kiss the rim? You're going to break your front teeth. <laughs> Break your front two teeth. And yeah, it was just, it wasn't good. Ever since 2016. And look, we can expect it. 2016 is the best we've ever seen. It'll probably be the best we'll ever see. But just, oh man. It was Glenn Robinson the third year after that. I mean, that one was pretty cool. I think that year I was on the bus back home, coming back home from a game, so I wasn't able to watch it. But I remember, like, Aaron Gordon had a drone, so that was kind of cool, I guess. And then uh, Donovan Mitchell, 2018, that one was pretty good. Uh, Diallo, Hamadou Diallo, 2019. He jumped over Shaq, pulled, off, uh, pulled apart the jersey, and he showed the Superman logo. 2020, Derrick Jones Jr. That one was pretty good, not going to lie. Aaron Gordon 
dunked on Taco Fall. I'm not gonna say he dunked over. I'm gonna say he dunked over him because he like sat on his shoulders. That one's pretty good. 2021, 2022, just awful. So yeah, I'm an NBA. Get rid of this for a few years. Just wait for some people to just come in, get their name up, saying, "Wow, this guy can dunk." If only the NBA had a dunk contest. And look, you're gonna get some flack where it's gonna be like, "Man, why doesn't the NBA have a dunk contest? This guy is so good." It's like, give it time. It took a while to get Vince Carter into the dunk contest. So, yeah, I think that's it for this week. I think that's all that really happened this week. Kind of back on track to more uh, current stuff, which this time of year I think it's fitting just because so much happens in this period of time. We're going to have, like, conference tournaments coming up for D1 basketball, then NCAA tournament where I will give my bracket predictions and – pretty much lose every game like I did last year. So yeah, that's it for this week. I uh, just want to thank you for listening. Uh, if the NBA is listening, please get rid of the dunk contest because the NBA, because the fans desperately need this. We need a break. So yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Deverhart zero zero, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.